are here to provide an informative and entertaining method to reach out to our community of Spruce Grove. Our goal is to build connections within our society. If you have any questions or concerns about anything you hear on this podcast, you can email us at sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. everyone to Behind the Stacks. First and foremost, we are a podcast geared for adults to share our world with you. We will cover many topics and of course showcase our amazing collection at the Spruce Grove Public Library. Hi Simone! Hi Courtney! How are you today? Well, I have some news. Uh oh. Um, Sadly, today is our very last episode. April Fools! Oh my gosh, you had me! (laughs) I was like, "Here, here we go, we're done, that was it! Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, we have far too much fun recording this to quit now. So, have you ever played a prank? Like, masterminded all these great ideas in my head. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do this and that. And then I was either a chicken or I was afraid of the consequences. So, it never came to fruition. <laughs> that was a very Bart Simpson laugh you did then. <laughs> How about you? Well, I had one done to me and I did one. So the one I had done to me, I was about nine. I wanted to watch uh, TV. I remember I wanted to watch The Littlest Hobo. Do you remember that show? It's a Canadian show. I've heard of it. I never watched it. It's about this dog and he just travels around Canada and he helps people and then he has to wander off because he's a hobo and he's got to go off on his next adventure. But anyway, I sat down and I pressed the remote to turn the TV on, nothing happened. And I was click, 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 because thinking, you know, if I press it enough, it'll obviously work. And my mum came in and she said, what's going on? And I said, the TV's not working. And she was just like, what? Then my dad came in and he said, well, what did you do to it? And I said, I, I just, I just switched it on. He must have pressed something. And I was like, I didn't. Just before I started to get my voice really shaky, because I was starting to freak out a little. He was like, April Fools! Me and my mum both looked at him, and he'd taken the fuse out of the plug for the TV. It's this little tiny thing. And he was laughing, and we were not laughing. But he quickly fixed it when he saw our faces. And, you know, looking back now, I can chuckle. I'm sure at the time you were like, no. (laughs) That is the worst prank ever, Dad. Do not mess with the TV. Here at the library when I first started... The employee who worked at the reference desk, I put a piece of tape on his mouse, on his computer, over the little red sensor, a little piece of clear tape. And when you do that, the sensor can't read anything. So I put the tape there and then we opened. Somebody came in with a reference question and he was like, yeah, just let me check. And he's moving the mouse around and nothing's happening. He's getting more and more confused and then frustrated i'm so sorry this mouse just isn't working and i said um can i have a look and he was like oh, sure so i turned it over and pulled off the tape and april fools he the patron thought it was very funny but 
my co-worker, he didn't really speak to me for the rest of the day. So those were my um, forays into April Fools. I try not to do anything anymore. I feel like those are both very team. It's not too intense. It's just enough to be annoying. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, (laughs) nothing. Yeah. I feel like the consequences, like, weren't too bad. Like, okay, you were kind of miffed at your dad. (laughs) Your colleague was kind of miffed at you. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) ultimately, everyone's okay. (laughs) Yes. And we had another um, guy who used to work here. And every April Fool's seed, you know how on your computer screen you can flip all the words and everything upside down? Yes. He would do that to... (laughs) You have a bunch of people's computers, and it would always be people who didn't know how to switch it back. (laughs) So, Cody, if you're listening, you know what you did. (laughs) She remembers. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really funny. (laughs) (sighs) And what else is in April? Easter. Nice, fun little uh, special holiday there full of chocolate and bunnies. Yes, I don't really understand how a bunny delivers eggs. Well, we're going to talk about some bunnies later in this episode, but I mean, I guess the only thing, honestly, that comes to mind is, you know, what comes out of a bunny. (laughs) 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 They're not chocolate eggs, but I don't get the feeling whoever created that was like... (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They're more like Maltesers or something. Oh my god! <laughs> oh dear! Oh gosh! Here we go. Anyway, <laughs> <the> chocolate jokes. <laughs> let's get right into it. Let's get right into it with what you reading or watching or listening or playing. Well, for reading, I read *The Wisdom of Picard*. Do you know who Picard is? Yes, I do. Good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> if not, you're like get out of this room. <laughs> Leave now. now. Go read The Wisdom of Picard, and then maybe you can come back. Maybe. It was a short but wonderful read, and it's a collection of quotes from Captain Jean-Luc Picard of Star Trek The Next Generation, which, as you know, I'm a big fan of. Now, there's some characters in books or TV that you just really admire. They can be role models as you're growing up, and that is what Picard is for me. Back in the early 90s, I was going through some very tough times with depression. I was about 15 and just trying to handle it on my own. I was scared to go to the doctor because there was a a lot of stigma back then. I know there is still now, but I I think we've come a long way. One evening, I turned on the TV and Star Trek Next Generation came on. And I was just like, ooh, what's this? And after about five minutes of watching, I was hooked. It just lifted my spirits and made me feel so happy and geeky and I loved all the characters and the stories. One thing that really stood out for me was Captain Picard because he was this strong, wise, kind, noble man. Watching him and listening to him in episodes, it made me feel like I I, I can get through this, how I'm feeling right now, because that's the kind of person I want to be. He just really inspired me and it really helped me. Obviously, it wasn't the main thing. I did see a doctor and got help, but it played a big part. So this book had a lot of meaning for me. Reading the quotes brought back memories of episodes I loved and um, quotes and inspired me. And I would like to read a few from the movie Star Trek Nemesis. If there is an ideal that the Federation holds most dear, it is that all men, all races can be united. One of my favourites from Peak Performance... It is possible to commit no mistake and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. 
Fear is an incompetent teacher. And from the episode Tin Man, you may learn that being first at any cost is not always the point. And one final one is from uh, one of my favorite episodes, The Offspring, where the android data creates a daughter. He builds her. Uh, Starfleet say, you, you can't have two androids on the same ship. But if the ship got damaged and we want to study her, we want to take her apart, we want to examine her. And Data says to Picard, like, that, that's my child, though. Can they really just take her? Picard says to this big pompous general of Starfleet, who's like, of course we can take her, it's for science. There are times, sir, when men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. You acknowledge their sentience, but you ignore their personal liberties and freedom. Order a man to hand his child over to the state, not while I'm his captain. Uh, TV shows, I have been watching Superstore, which is on Netflix. Also, you can borrow the DVDs from Track. It's a show set in a big box store, so like a Walmart Supercenter, you know, the giant ones that have everything. It follows a group of employees working at Cloud9 in uh, St. Louis in the U.S., the employees have larger-than-life personalities. They're putting up with the customers, day-to-day duties, and each other. It reminds me of The Office, but I have to say, I actually think it's funnier. What? I know. <laughs> I love The Office, don't get me wrong. But this show is just so relatable. It's people of all ages and types just trying to get by on a customer service job, putting up with uh, things going wrong in the store, angry customers, each other, personality clashes. It can be very bizarre, very silly, very heartwarming. For anyone who's worked retail, it's a must-see. I'm hooked on it. I'm on season four, I think now, and there's six seasons. It just ended last month. Uh, It's got America Ferreira. She stars in it and also produces it. Very funny. So I would highly recommend Superstore. I think they do remind you of people that you may have worked with if you've, again, if you've worked in retail. So for me, I finally read House of Earth and Blood, the Crescent City book one by Sarah J. Maas, because I know that one was just like huge. I know uh, Chelsea talked about it in her February episode. It was, everyone was talking about it. It was flooding my Instagram. And I was like, I think I took it out once before and then saw it was like almost 800 pages. And I was like, "Mm." I'm really going to like psych myself out for that because that's a little bit of a big read. But finally sat down and read it. Let's go into the summary a little bit here. So uh, Bryce, uh, she had the perfect life, working hard all day and partying all night. Were you a party animal? I was from about 16 to 19 or 20. Then I started to slow down. I party till three and then get up for my job at six. What you rage are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even imagine doing that now. I know. I feel like if I have anything party-ish wise, whether it be a drink or anything, I'm like out for like two days. Yeah. Or if people say, oh yeah, we're going to go out. So we'll meet at like 9 p.m. Yeah. Like, what? I'm in bed. <laughs> we're starting a movie at nine o'clock. Talking to me until 11. That's a, that's a risky one there. That's, you gotta, that's wow. Yep. <laughs> this is what happens when you're old listeners. <laughs> um, so until the demon murdered her closest friend, leaving her when the accused is behind bars, but the crimes are still continuing, Bryce finds herself at the heart of this investigation. She'll do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. And then you pair that with an angsty, broody hunt who's like, 
this notorious fallen angel, now enslaved to the archangels, he once attempted to overthrow. So he's kind of like the renegade, you know. Oh, okay. Right? Bad boy. Yep, he's totally the bad boy paired with like this mm-hmm. party girl. I believe she's like a half breed, like half fae, half human. Oh, that does sound really cool. Yeah, like it's really good. Like it, there's a fantasy mix, but then you got a little bit of a mystery behind it. Um, So basically they end up partnering up trying to figure out what is going on. Like why are these crimes still happening when allegedly the person that they thought the crimes that were being committed by are he's in prison so they're like what yes what else do i have to say about this so more about hunt he's um purpose so his brutal skills and incredible strength have been set to one purpose to assassinate his boss's enemies no questions asked but with the demon wreaking havoc in the city he's offered an irresistible deal he's gonna help bryce find the murderer and his freedom will be within reach so that's that's hunt's kind of backstory here and why he's there and his purpose overall i found this book i mean i was looking at other people's reviews just to see if i had some because you know you do that you're like okay this is how i feel about it but does everyone else have similar things or am I just way out to lunch and the reviews it kind of seemed like it was like the new cool kid thing okay. to like hate on Sarah J Maas which I'm like okay I'm not gonna just not like her writing because everyone else doesn't mm-hmm. like her writing I think my favorite review that someone else had was the repetition of words like they had like a count so she used like tan golden skin and it was like 22 times in the book and they were like literally decounting the same. Oh dear. So I mean that I found like I did find the language very repetitive. This is an adult fantasy book. So I mean there was some um, some sexy moments in that. Uh, so the way like certain male genitalia were described were very... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I want to say childish. It was just basically like a male rooster constantly. you said like it just it felt like this has all been been there done that like fey and angels and demons like it's not new mm-hmm. i think maybe that was my biggest beef <laughs> if this came out when like twilight was hot oh wow you know what i mean like because it was yeah. like that this would have been like holy smokes i feel like i would have appreciated more but mm-hmm. because this is kind of run-in-the-mill typical fantasy i expect a little more but i would still say it's good i will be happy to read the second one when that comes out if I was to give it out of five, maybe two point five stars. Okay. Five. Just because, probably because I've read so many of similar stories already, so it didn't stand out to me in any way. But still a good read. Still a fun read. It kept you going. Like, it was easy read. You could read, like, 300 pages in one sitting and be like, wow. Mm-hmm. But I suppose you read a lot of that style of book, so you read some very, like, high fantasy and very high quality yeah, like if I was to compare it to like other things like, you know, Hobbit or Harry Potter, or if you think, mm-hmm. think of like more adult fantasy, I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. Similar to other things I have read, and th- what this book really reminded me of was um, uh, Karen Marie Monning. She wrote the Fever series, and I be- believe the Highlander series. That, if you liked Crescent City, I'd highly recommend Monning's work, specifically the Fever series. Um, There's 11 books in total, which I did not know because when I was Googling this, I'm like, hey, that's the one that I read last. And then there's like six more after that. And I was like, whoops. (laughs) So I got to catch up on that a scooch. But once again, it's an easy read, fantasy, adult. Like it literally reads like a YA teen book, but way more sexy bits. Now we're on to our next statement. Housekeeping. We have a brand new community craft for April. What did you say? It was a page turner? Oh yeah, last episode I was like, it's quite a page turner. (laughs) (laughs) It is book keychain. If you go to the Spruce Grove Public Library Facebook, there are instructional videos. Basically, it's with polymer clay. You get 
some white clay, a different colour, and you get to make a little tiny book and put it on a keychain. You can make one for you or for a gift. I know I would love to have book keychains, so I might be making myself one of these. It's very easy to do. If you're doing it with your child, they will need supervision because it does need to be put in the oven. But it's a lot of fun. We did it a couple of years ago and it was a big hit, so bringing that back again. So come by the library and pick up your community craft take and make bag and get them before they're all gone because there is a limited supply. Next, the Walking Book Club starts Wednesday, April 7th. Yay! Yay! I know this uh, program was supposed to start earlier this year, but because of COVID, it's been pushed. So a few little FYIs for everyone. Registration is required. It's going to be right in front of the library. We're all going to meet there at 10 o'clock on Wednesday. Social distancing is mandatory. So when we're walking down the trails of Bruce Grove, encouraged to have a two meter distance from everyone. Masks are a good suggestion. I will have some provided for everyone to have. Just a reminder, this is not an intense training course. We're not here to get fit and burn fat and sweat. It's just a nice jolly walk (laughs) through the trails of Spruce Grove and back. And then we'll obviously have a nice little stretch session. And then you can head into the library to pick up some items. Uh, Big thing is, is you're not required to read. We have obviously lots of readers at the library and in our group. We do have an adult uh, book club pick. I think Sarah's is YA novels Mm -hmm. this month that you are more than welcome to select from. But like I said, the reading portion is not a huge requirement. We're kind of just all going for a lovely walk together. Mm-hmm. More outdoor fun with outdoor story time. Yes, story time is back. Have fun with your children through songs, stories, movement, and craft at this in-person outdoor story time. This is a registered program. You can visit our website, sgpl.ca. You'll see a banner with someone jumping in a puddle in some bright yellow boots, and that's where you click to register for the story time. We will be having a session Tuesday, April 27th, and Tuesday, May 25th. And just so you know, I will be doing the May 25th story time because it's going to be lots of fun. Spots are limited. Face masks are required for participants 10 years and up. And social distancing will be maintained where possible. It's recommended for ages 2 to 6 and, of course, their caregivers. And it's the last Tuesday of the month from 10.30 till 11am. And we will be hosting it in Central Park, weather permitting. So get signed up for story time today. Next, 60th anniversary news at SGPL. So last month you had the Love Your Library Writing Contest... And we announced the winner on our website at sgpl.ca. Click on that lovely red banner there and you get all the up-to-date 60th anniversary information and news. So, yes, I saw them taking awesome pictures. SGPL is proud to publicly announce the writer of the winning submission for the SGPL Love Your Library Writing Contest. I'm Michelle McNaughton. Congratulations. Your winning story, uh, it's a Dewey number, 327.12. And then we had some amazing honorable mentions that came by the library and got their prize and their picture taken. Once again, photos and all the information is on our website, sgpl.ca slash about slash 60th anniversary. 
And thank you to all who participated in this contest. We hope you had fun. So even more big things happening. I don't know how we can fit so much into such a small show, but we are going to try. April 7th is Grow Your Library, Library Giving Day. Now, you're probably thinking, what is Library Giving Day? And I'm glad you asked. It's an internationally recognized day dedicated to donating funds to libraries. Initially started by Seattle Public Library, Library Giving Day has grown into a movement among libraries across North America. On Library Giving Day here at Spruce Grove Library, you can post Purchase a paper flower and help grow our library. Paper flowers will be available for $3 each. You can write your name on them or the name of a loved one. And we will post them on the front of our circulation desk. And we hope to get a magnificent bouquet of paper flowers and have it overflowing on our circulation desk. If you can't make it into the library, you can also donate online by visiting our donate page on our website, sgpl.ca forward slash about forward slash donation. And all funds raised go to support SGPL collections, programs, and services. Next, what's happening in Spruce Grove? City Council passed the City Centre Area Redevelopment Plan, or ARP, on April 27, 2020, which provides a policy framework for guiding redevelopment and revitalization of the city centre through consideration of land use, mobility, urban design, building guidelines, and implementation. This project site will be updated regularly throughout the process to keep businesses and residents informed as work unfolds. They are currently in phase one. There will be focus on Highway 16A, First Avenue, McLeod, making more parking available. So we will give you more information as it becomes available on the sprucegrove.org website or you can visit there and follow along with uh, the different phases. So Friday, April 9th is National Day of Remembrance of the Battle of Vimy Ridge. Flag at city facilities will be lowered to half-mast on Friday, April 9th to recognise this day. Lowered city flags will honour the victory and sacrifice made during the battle, which took place during World War I from April 9th to 12th in 1917 and resulted in more than 10,000 people killed and wounded. A very important day to remember. So next and last one we have here is Reduce Your Use Design Contest, which is coming in April. We will have more information about this, but I saw there was an email kind of floating around and this is what it is. The city of Spruce Grove is taking action to reduce plastic pollution, which I think is just fabulous. Absolutely. Uh, we may have discussed a little bit in previous episodes that a bylaw was recently passed that will ban single-use items such as plastic checkout bags, serveware, plastic straws starting January 1st, 2022. So, of course, more information is available at the sprucegrove.org website. Uh, so, to promote this awareness of these changes, I believe there will be a bag design contest open to youth ages 13 and under. Uh, the winning artwork will be printed on a reusable bag and handed out to residents over the summer to encourage people to BYOB, but bring your own bag while shopping. So I think this is really cool. It's also a nice initiative for the Earth Day, which is April 22nd. But yeah, we will have more details about that coming probably in the next episode. That is such a great idea. I wish I could design a bag. Do it and put it under a pseudonym like I'm under 13. I'm under 13. <laughs> yeah, here you go. <laughs> and then your artwork will be plastered all across the city. Good luck, kids. And make sure you take part in that because wouldn't it be cool to have your design on bags all over the city of Spruce Grove. I know if I was a kid, I would just be running away from the desk right now and grabbing all my art stuff. So I can't wait to see what they come up with. All right, let's roll right into our theme of Easter. So we were going to discuss a little bit about some of our favorite chocolates, bunnies, and then Mm -hmm. some funny stories. Yes. So Easter chocolate, that is what I think. As a kid, I got very spoiled. When I'd wake up in the morning, I'd come down and there'd be a note from the Easter bunny, happy Easter, enjoy your chocolate. And I'd always just think, 
This is almost as good as Christmas. Yes, some of my favourite eggs were, uh, let's see, there was, um, there was a caramel egg. Really love that one. Dairy milk, Mars bar. And there was also sometimes ones based on TV shows. I once got a He-Man Easter egg, which had a little He-Man figure inside it. That was delicious and one of my absolute favourites. And my mum would always get these really fancy Easter eggs and they'd have like ribbons on. I'd always think that's, that's like the grown-up egg. The Easter bunny thinking like, yeah, you've done a good job being a mum. Here you go, have an egg. My memory of Easter is basically eating lots and lots of chocolate and then being told, don't eat it all at once, putting it in the freezer and sometimes forgetting about it and a lot of times sneaking downstairs for a quick midnight snack. Also, have you ever had your photo taken with an Easter bunny? Did. And it was very scary. (laughs) It was the rabbit terrifying. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just, oh, I must have been maybe five or six. Big sign, meet the Easter Bunny. Of course, I was so excited. And my mum was like, sure, honey, let's go. So we lined up, very long line. And as we got closer to see the Easter Bunny, it looked like a very tall, skinny person wearing a white bunny suit, holes for the eyes, and you could see their real eyes in the holes, which was really creepy. Because, you know, usually it would be like cute cartoon eyes or something, but it was just holes and then beady eyes and these this pink nose that was kind of scrunched and these wiry whiskers and one ear was really tall and one ear was really floppy it just looked very threadbare and I started to cry and I said I don't want to meet these the bunny scary mum was like oh, but I, th- I thought you wanted to say hi and then my mum obviously seeing how distressed I was said okay here's a secret that's not actually the real Easter bunny and I was so relieved because I was thinking, this this thing delivers eggs every year? That's terrifying. She was like, yeah, the actual Easter Bunny is fluffy and cute and bouncy. Okay, then I don't need to meet him. It's, it's fine. And we went home. <laughs> Do you have that picture? I don't have the picture, unfortunately. <laughs> if you Google scary Easter Bunny costumes, you will see some things that may haunt you. Oh, thanks, phone. Oh, my God. Okay, let's see. Can we find the one that looks similar-ish to yours? Like, is is that one pretty close? That was kind of scary. Phone? Was that? Oh my god, was that it? Like, that's, that's very close. That's what the eyes were like. That's terrifying. It was more like, kind of just cloth, like a onesie. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just if we can find one that's similar to yours and put it on social media. Kind of a bit like that. Oh my gosh. We'll just have this plus this is Simone's terrifying rabbit of yeah, so speaking about the Easter Bunny, my phone overheard us and decided to bring up images of people in Easter Bunny costumes. They're as terrifying as you might imagine. So we will post a few of those on social media. And if you have any scary stories of meeting the bunny, then please share them with us. That's scary. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Easter for me, I was trying to think about it as you were talking about your stories. Once again, spoiled, I remember getting a huge basket of chocolate, like, love the chocolate, couldn't get enough of it. And I remember I asked my family, I really wanted a scavenger hunt, like, I wanted to be tested, I wanted, like, a challenge, and finally, I think my parents just gave me, like, oh, fine, I'll give you, give you a scavenger hunt, whatever, shut up. And so they gave me one, but it had, like, two clues, and they were so obvious, I remember being hella pissed, I was like, oh my god, it was like, where do you eat food? I'm like, this French, like, I remember being so angry after the scavenger hunt. I'm like, this was stupid. I'm never asking for this again. Like, you know, you see all those movies of those fun kids, like, hunting for stuff and trying to find it. And me and I got this lame-ass scavenger hunt. I was so mad. How, how old were you? Uh, maybe 10. Oh. I was so mad. 
So just imagine this angry Courtney pouting, being like with this loaded basket of chocolate, but like this like lame ass scavenger hunt. I was like, I don't like. I don't like this. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I was very bitter. Kind of spit of a spoilers alert here. When did you figure out that the Easter Bunny was not quite the Easter Bunny, and it was you know. <laughs> I guess this is a show aimed to adults, right? It? So if kids are listening, please turn this off. The kids, the Easter Bunny is the Easter Bunny. Yeah, but... if, if your kids are listening to this right now, uh, maybe have them go and color a picture of the Easter Bunny. Okay, here we go. The serious talk there. Simone, when did you realize that the Easter Bunny is not real? When I saw the receipts for <laughs> the eggs and the bag that came in. It was a Woolworths bag. I think it was like ten pounds, and it had the names of all the eggs. And I'm like, what? The Easter Bunny goes to the store and buys eggs. He just hops to the checkout. Yes. <laughs> That's when I clued in. Uh, I think I, I think I was about ten. It, it took a while. It took a while. I mean, hey, they had, they had a good run, right? Yeah. For me, once again, I think I was just like my parents. I, I feel like looking back on it, I was just like a pain in the ass as a kid demanding all these things. But every year I would ask my family, what did the Easter Bunny wear? Because they would say, oh, you know, we'd let the Easter Bunny into the house and then he would um, leave his chocolate and then leave. And every year I'd be like, well, what did the Easter Bunny wear? Because you let him in the house. So they would tell me like, oh, like, you know, he wore like a purple vest or he wore like a hat or whatever. And I remember there was a year that they said the exact same thing that he wore last year. And I was like, why did he wear the same thing last year? And I was like, you're lying to me. I'm so mad. Because I was like, that's what he wore the exact same thing last year. Why would he wear the same two things like a year apart? And my parents were just like, yeah, they're just so done with me. Oh, you were one of those kids. I was one of those kids. I was just like, fine. Jeez. I'm just sound like an angry kid as I'm talking about this. Why why wouldn't the Easter Bunny wear the same outfit? Santa wears the same outfit. Right? I just think it was because every year it was something different. Like they always did something different. But I think they just got lazy and said the same thing twice. And I was like, no, you're lying. My parents were just like, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. I just remember, I was like, I'm surprised I could even remember this. the same thing last year, but for some reason I was just adamant. I was like, you're lying to me. It's a fashionista. You're like, Bunny's not going to rock the same outfit twice. Clearly, gosh, right? Uh, yeah, I just remember once again, because I feel like a very angry child as I'm reciting these tales. Well, speaking of, well, not angry children, but mm. sad children, Um, I have one more story. Okay. My oldest nephew, when he was about four uh, I went to visit him just before Easter and we were all excited doing crafts and things and he had some chocolate milk and it was on the table and he was coloring and playing and he, he just left it there and he wandered off to do something else and I thought oh I think he's forgotten about this I'll have it so I drank the chocolate milk and a few minutes later he comes running back and he's like auntie where's my milk and I said oh um and I, I should have just said sorry I drank it because I thought you didn't want it but I said the Easter Bunny came and drank it and his eyes went huge and you could see the little cogs in his brain turning and then he said Easter Bunny stole my chocolate milk and I said well no, it, it didn't steal it um and then he ran to the window and he opened the curtain he said is, is Easter Bunny out there do you, do you see him where, where did he go and <laughs> I said no he's, he's not out there magic he just disappeared and he's like well what if he just comes back and, and steals other stuff what if he steals my other snack he was like we, we have to like make some kind of some security or something <laughs> I remember he used a really big word, like security. And I just said, it was me. And he went, what? I said, it was me. I drank your chocolate milk. I'm sorry. I really like chocolate milk. And I blame the Easter Bunny.
funny and I shouldn't have done that and he was like why did you lie and I said I don't even know why I lied I'm sorry but it wasn't the bunny and he just went oh auntie and then he pretty much forgot about it so <laughs> your lie was too deep the kid was like okay we need security we need to trap this thief. yeah he was thinking of something. he was like we can put up <laughs> he said we can put up like a spike and I was oh like whoa peeling the rabbit <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yes, he's 11 now, and I've often wondered if he remembers that. I'll have to ask him one of these days. Speaking of bunnies, now uh, we have a few stories about owning a said rabbit. Mm-hmm. Did you want to start with your stories? Yes. Um, I had never really thought about owning a bunny. I thought they looked cute, but just never really crossed my mind. And then I ended up marrying a lady who loves bunnies. And she said, can we foster one? Because so many bunnies are unfortunately get purchased around Easter and then people realise that they're actually a lot of work to look after or they grow and they just put them out in the wild. So there are a lot of rescue bunnies. We ended up fostering two. One was called Hershey and he liked getting treats but he didn't like being petted, he didn't like being picked up. Basically he just ran around the house and pooped everywhere. (laughs) Living his best life. Living his best life. Exactly. And the other bunny we had, Shuri, she was found in the woods and she was very little. We we had her living in the basement and she quickly grew in size, became very friendly and sociable, but she didn't really get on with Hershey because I think Hershey just didn't really get on with anyone. Just like, give me treats, that's all I want. So Hershey ended up getting adopted by um, another family and we decided to try fostering once more. And we found Ranger, who is a Flemish giant he is a big bunny we both just fell in love with him right away he was just so chill sitting in his cage at the um, at the foster place and so we said could we foster him and they were like well sure he's, he's big though we brought him home and eventually we introduced him to shuri and they just clicked he became her husband, that's what I like to say. And they remind me of an old married couple. She's always grooming him and following him around. And they are just so cute. There were total foster fails because we ended up keeping both of them. They live in our basement. They have pretty much full run of the basement, along with our cat, who tolerates them. There's no aggression or anything. A ranger, he likes to go exploring. I went to turn on my computer and the monitor wouldn't turn on. And I was looking all around, checking I plugged it in. I guess they thought it was spicy Hey, and they snipped it right in half. It was a very nice clean cut. They like to chew everything. We have a big bin of hay that we keep downstairs. I think they work together to get the lid off it because sometimes I'll come down and they'll just be sitting in the bin, relaxing and munching on hay that's supposed to last them for the whole month. They're very cute, but they're very naughty. But I couldn't imagine not having them. Yeah, my bunny was a bit of a jerk too. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So I had uh, got one in junior high, like I really wanted a pet. It was one of those times where it seemed like everyone had a pet and I contemplated a bird, friend had a bird, and then I settled for a rabbit. I can't remember how exactly I came along that, but I got her for Christmas. She was a little dwarf, black and white. Yep, she was all black, but she had a little like kind of like zippy white part on her nose. Mm -hmm. Her name is Lucky. Uh, She she was quite the character. (laughs) I will say that. The two fondest stories that I remember of Lucky. She, uh, well, we were talking about the thumping, right? Which Mm -hmm. I think, because we've talked about this a little bit before, that that means they're kind of pissed. Mm -hmm. When they thump, they're just annoyed. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a good story about when my rabbit's thumping saved her ceiling because my rabbit was thumping in the middle of the night and my family woke up and like what the what's your problem like why are you thumping like she was just sitting there and kept thumping and thumping and 
something. And then my family went downstairs. We noticed that there was a leak in the ceiling and water was flooding all over the place. So she heard that and was trying to wake us up. She was annoyed that no one was doing anything about the damn leak. So... <laughs> so... <laughs> Moral of the story for that one, sometimes thumping is good, but she was pissed ultimately because we weren't fixing the problem in the house. (laughs) Yeah. So in a roundabout way, she helped you. Yes, right? It was for her own selfish needs. It totally was. God, this sound is so annoying. Yeah, she's like, I can't fall asleep. You guys better fix this problem. Something's going on. Get up and fix it. And then the other story I had is I uh, had my friend over and we were about to study and he opened his binder and then my rabbit was, you know, because they just like wander around a bit. Mm -hmm. Like she had a cage, but you let her out and let her like explore and do stuff. And I mean, I didn't have much for electronics at the time. So I was just like, whatever. And she like came out from under my bed, Mm -hmm. looked at my friend like dead in the eyes, like death glare, and then grabbed a piece of paper out of his binder and proceeded to rip it out of the binder and then ripped it off and then ran back under the bed. She was a jerk. And then my friend was like, okay, like, what the hell's your problem? So he went to go, like, reach for it. And it was like, like, it was all, like, gird. She's all bristly and trying to make herself big and just sat on the paper. She's like, this is my paper now. Like, for no reason whatsoever. She was just like, this is mine. So, yeah. My bunny was a jerk. We have one more bunny tail, that bunny tail, from one of our colleagues, Stuart. We felt our rabbits were very home set. We were in a townhouse. We had the small little square backyard fenced in. Just, you know, you could maybe put a Volkswagen in it. <laughs> and we used to let them run around out there because we had the bottom box of the fence blocked in so they couldn't get underneath or whatnot. Okay. They encouraged each other to hop. Now, rabbits, when they realize they can jump, they can jump really high. Mm -hmm. And they'd jump over these fences. These were six-foot fences. (laughs) And so they'd jump over them to get out and run around in the townhouse complex. Now, most other people thought this was wonderful. They were neighborhood rabbits. Everybody kind of liked them or would feed them, except for a couple people who had tulips or other such plants they didn't want the rabbits to eat because they're voracious eaters. Mm -hmm. Uh, We learned this early because when they were first in our yard, they didn't jump out. They cleared everything out. We even had a raspberry bush with thick, thick, thick thorns, and they decimated that as well. Wow. (laughs) Cleared out the lawn. There was no grass, lawn, seed, anything. They will eat anything and everything. But with them running around the the complex, we'd have to go and catch them. And it is not easy to catch a rat, even if they're friendly and they like you. They want to stay out, they'll stay out. Mm-hmm. We would go chasing them around and around and around. The, the easiest thing to sit and do was to get a very, very large sheet or blanket mm-hmm. and have someone hiding around a bush with it ready to go out and throw it out and the other person would herd the rabbits over there. And you'd catch them in the sheet. Once you caught them, they never fought. You know, they just snuggle into you, lick your hand, yeah. sit on you. you. You could almost think they were purring like a cat. <laughs> they could purr, but... So we love these two rabbits very, very much. I think the moral of the story is, because I, st- I mean, as much as we... <laughs> funny stories about our rabbits i mean like i love when they do binkies like i'm sure you've seen the binky oh. where it's just like that side little happy yes Whoa! and that just makes your heart whole even though they can be ultimate jerks it really does if you would like to be a special guest or if you have any questions concerns or any great episode ideas send them to us at sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca well that's it for us tune in next time for another exciting episode of behind the stacks bye for now bye Thank you.